0: Hello and welcome to this week at Charlestown Road. This is a branch of our Heavenbound podcast. My name is Roger Schaus and with us today is our special guest, Aaron Kemple. Aaron's been in town this week helping us with our VBS and so we thought we'd just have Aaron sitting in the seat with us this week and talk to us about several things along the Bible. Our VBS ends tonight. It's been a great week we've had. The children are looking at doors of the Bible. And the adults are studying keep the faith. The idea of Second Timothy chapter four, and particularly the life of the Apostle Paul. And so, this day in in our podcast, we want to kind of explore those thoughts just a little bit more. And I want to open the door with Aaron and talk about the subject of preaching. We don't talk about that very often, but I think it's a very, very important topic. It's part of God's kingdom, and it's something that we need to understand and appreciate. Aaron, it's good to have you with us today.
1: Oh, it's just so wonderful to be with you, Roger. How are you doing, bud? Good. Very
0: good. So let's, <clears throat> let's grab a text to begin with, and I want to read 2 Timothy 4, verses 2 through 5. Aaron has been all around these verses this week, as we've talked about the Apostle Paul all he's endured and the people that helped him and the lessons he's learned and how he kept the faith and kept going that's just incredible incredible concept it fits very well into our theme this year and that's to finish what was started it's easy to start things but if you don't finish you don't finish and so here the apostle says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and starting in verse 2, he says, "...preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but when to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires." continues on verse four and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths but you be sober in all things endure hardships do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry one of the lessons that uh, Aaron has shared with us is that wonderful little phrase in verse five but you the congregation was going one way But Timothy was going a different way. He was going to stay with God, stay with God's word. And that was Paul's charge and challenge to him. But one of the things that comes up when we read these verses just right away is, why is it that these people back then, as it is today, want to have their ears tickled? And why is it that they were turning away the truth for something that was not true? Paul calls them myths. Aaron, what would you say about that?
1: Well, I, I tend to just default to there's nothing new under the sun, as Solomon said. So when I go back to the Garden of Eden, what God had given Eve wasn't, wasn't good enough for her, and Satan had convinced her that uh, there was something different or better out there, that maybe God was holding her back or something like that. But it just ends up being that what God's offered me, I, I think I want something else. Okay. So the phrase ears tickled, well, I mean, that
0: seems kind of an odd expression. We, we don't use that to, very much today. What, what does that mean?
1: Well, that, it's uh, so many so many things about that, but, you know, like the idea of itching ears is how mine says it, but it's I, I want to hear what I want to hear, I want to hear what's going to make me feel good. I want to hear that's going to it's going to help me feel justified in whatever action it is I'm I'm doing.
0: Yeah, and I think I think that's that's the key of it right there. I, I want to hear what I want. To, I want to feel good, and yeah. I, I don't want to have to be told I have to change. I don't want the word stop being used. I don't want to hear that there's doctrine and I need to step up to the plate and do these things. I just want to hear, you're doing a great job. Give me a sticker on my paper. Pat me on the head. Let me go on down the street. And that's not the way God's word is. Yeah. And throughout the Bible, especially the the writings of the Apostle Paul, we read about the old man and the new man the old man has been crucified. Now we have a new man. We have changed. And that ear tickling doesn't do that yeah, whatsoever.
1: I was thinking of an example as you were talking. I'm studying uh, kings right now and teaching it back home. Kings, you know, and I was thinking about Ahab. <clears throat> and and uh, Jehoshaphat is there with Ahab. They're both kings, you know, and uh, Jehoshaphat says, well, we need to call for a prophet of God. Is there a prophet of God around? And, and, and King Ahab says, well, there is one. His name's Micaiah, but I hate him because he only prophesies bad concerning me, not good. And I just think that's telling of, I think it's an explanation of Second Timothy 4. It's like, I don't want to listen to that guy because he doesn't make me feel good. He, he only tells me things that I really need to hear, and I want to hear what I want to hear.
0: Absolutely. And, and it's that feeling-based religion that, you know, it's like cotton candy. Man, it tastes great. You know, you, you never see him at the ball game going up and down the aisles with baked potatoes on those sticks. No, it's always cotton candy. Mm. You don't even have to chew it. But there's nothing there. There is no substance. And when the storms of life come up, there's going to be nothing to hold you there because there's simply nothing there. And so, so through this section here, Paul's charge to Timothy is preach the Word, the Word of God. And so, so Aaron, you've been preaching here for over two decades, and let me ask you, what's, what would, if a young man was listening to this and he was rolling around in his mind, maybe I should preach, maybe I shouldn't preach, what would you say is one of the
1: upside to preaching? It is a beautiful thing, Roger, when somebody, the light turns on. The word, the word of God hits them, the light turns on. And they change their life. Whether it's they, they go to the baptistry and baptize into Jesus or it, it helps a marriage that's on the on the verge of, of destruction or you know someone's in the in the midst of, of an addiction and they break free because of the power of of, of God in his word. And you just see those lights come on with people and, and that just that is it's just worth it all right there for me.
0: And so you know what God's doing is God's using you as the avenue or the instrument to change lives. It's it's yeah. God that changes them. That's it's, right. it's the word of God that's the power. Amen. But you're the vessel. And you get to be in all kinds of lives, you get to see people sometimes at their worst, but through the message of Jesus, you see the best coming out, and that—that that is just. There's just no words to describe that. How how powerful that is, and how wonderful that is. What What would you say would be some of your greatest joys in in your preaching career?
1: Well, let's see. Greatest greatest joys. Uh, I would say being able to stand with uh, a congregation as we appoint shepherds. That's been some of the greatest joys. Is to help a congregation get to that point where. We appoint elders. Uh, Some of the greatest joys would be, again, standing in that, in that, in that baptistry, you know, helping somebody who's, who's breaking free from a life of sin with Jesus stepping on the devil's head and they've become a Christian. Um, You know, even, even in sadness to know that even though somebody has passed from this life, to know that they have crushed the devil under their feet and they're gone on to glory. It's a sadness. But there's also a joy there, Roger, and so that you know that you're you're with people, like you said, y- yes, there's some very bad times in life, but you're with people in a lot of great times, weddings, being able to take two young Christians who love Jesus and love each other, and to be part of that celebration, to be part of that, you know, helping them join that covenant. I love all the prep in that too, Roger. Just I, I do a lot of marriage counseling, premarital counseling before that, and uh, to be able to help them in that. And, and I learned from them, you know, I think it's awesome to be able to be with those young couples and see all that excitement that they have and that love that they have. And that encourages me too. So those are some of my joys.
0: So if someone was to ask you, you know, from the outside looking in, they, they see you on a Sunday morning, you get up with a great sermon and, you know, everything, all this, everything's hitting on the right cylinders, everything looks so good. How do you write a sermon? How would you answer that?
1: <laughs> well, uh, so there's a lot of things that go into that, as you know, so uh, there's a lot of study. You know, um, one of the things that uh, Steve Brewer, who trained me, of course, I know you've had a great influence in my life as well as my mentor, but you know, when Steve Brewer training me, he's like, always read the Bible. He's if like, you're always reading the Bible, if you wear the seat of your pants out reading the Bible, you'll always have things to preach on. So obviously input is, is important. You know, you're reading the Bible. You know, I know you, you instill this within me more than anybody, Roger. And that's read books, read books, read books, read all kinds of books. And, and so, you know, that helps kind of give the base for that, you know, and so then that, that, uh, that helps to take that, those thoughts. And then, you know, as you're, as you're, whether it's a text, you know, if you're thinking of a text and you're just looking at that text and study that text, Sometimes when I'm looking at a a Bible text, Roger, what I'll do is kind of old school is I'll print it out, you know, I'll print it out and I'll just bleed all over that with, you know, markers and pens and whatever else and just get things like in my mind and then like, okay, oh, I want to point out this, 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 and that kind of comes my main structure for the sermon. And then... You know, sometimes what I'll do is, is I'll, I'll take those thoughts, those raw thoughts and pass them by one of my preacher friends. You know, I have fellow preachers at Dallin Road and Beaumont and so I'll kind of talk those things over and that's very helpful and it just develops into a structure and, you know, then as the week develops and I'm out there, you know, sometimes I'm preaching out loud to nobody just <laughs> so that you know I can hear that oh that that sounded really good or that sounded really dumb and then <laughs> <laughs> and so you know it eventually turns into you know something pretty decent i guess with god's help uh, by the end of the week Yep. That's great. That's great.
0: So, so back to our text here in 2 Timothy 4.2, after the apostle says, preach the word, he says, be ready in season and out of season. There, there's two thoughts I want to ask you here, Aaron. First of all, what's that in season, out of season? And secondly, how does one be ready for the in season and out of season? What are some thoughts you put on that?
1: Well, I have different thoughts about that. I guess I just, I, I just, uh, when people want to hear it and when they, they don't want to hear it, there are times, um, well, I'll just give you an example that I thought of, whether it's kind of where you're going or not, it's what I thought of, is I, the elders in Ohio, when I was preaching there, they asked me, Roger, to preach uh, sermons on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. I preached seven lessons on marriage and two on divorce and remarriage, but I remember one particular lesson I had to preach. It was hard. Um, and about more divorce and remarriage. And we had two particular men who were in the same situation. According to the Bible, they didn't have God's authority to remarry. One heard the sermon, same sermon, same preacher, same you know environment, everything. He heard the sermon. He walked out, and he says, Aaron, pray for me. This is going to be hard. Tears in his eyes. Wow. And then the other guy actually was a, fellow, a former preacher. He walked out. He wouldn't look at me. And he went on his way, and he went and lived his life, and he did what he was going to do, and he got remarried. And he didn't have God's authority to do so. And so the thing is, I had to preach that sermon no matter how they're going to respond. And that's one of those things that I think of. And when again, I think Timothy had to struggle with fear, and I understand what that's like. Sometimes you get too wrapped around about what people are going to say, or how they're going to react, or what's going to be the consequences if I say that. And you just got to preach the word and let God deal with the consequences. That's it, you know. And we're right now in a period of time where we
0: understand what in season is and you know people are planting the gardens and mm-hmm. you got farmers markets and there's strawberries and blueberries in the area people go picking they're in season yeah. now up here in indiana you, you get that in january you can't do that It's out of season it mm-hmm. says okay mm-hmm. so you can't it's harder to get those things and so the in season the out season simply means there's times where people are going to like listen to that I want to hear that. I'm asking for that. There's other times when no, I don't want to hear this, but I need to hear it. Amen. And Timothy was being charged whether it's popular or it's not popular, it's in season or out of season. You got to preach that word. Now the be ready part. What does that mean?
1: Be ready. Well, again, it's it's the idea of as he's telling him later in this. well, earlier in his this letter in 2 Timothy 2, there was preparation on his part that he had to prepare himself to preach the Word. He had to study. He had to be diligent to show himself approved to God. And, and I think there's a mental preparation that has to go in there, Roger. He had to be reminded in chapter 1 not to be afraid, not to be ashamed. And so I tell you, that's, that's something that's a help for me is to sometimes, you know, there's more than just the sermon preparation. I know I mentioned this in one of the previous lessons here this week, uh, Roger, but <clears throat> boy, I, you know, sometimes we'll teach guys how to prepare a sermon, but we won't teach them how to prepare mentally and prepare for the people and prepare for all of those other things. And so it's just a matter of, I've got to be physically ready to teach it, but I've also got to be emotionally, spiritually ready you know, to, to stand up there and say that. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and it takes some courage,
0: takes some nerve, yes, takes some fortitude. Now, the, the in season sermons are easy because everybody wants that. Yep. Everybody's ready. It's the out of season sermons that's difficult. And that, that challenges you. Do I stand with
1: God or am I going to stand with the audience? I had another thought about that. You know, it, I was thinking about um, in Acts <clears throat> chapter 2 and chapter 7. I'll just say this real quick, um, Roger, because, you know, sometimes we we think about success. What makes a sermon a success? Well, Peter preaches a sermon, 3,000 are baptized, Stephen preaches a sermon, I mean, Stephen preaches a sermon and he dies. Well, which sermon was a success? Well, both were a success because both preached God's word. And that's what we have to remind ourselves of is if if you teach the word of God in love, you're a success. You have done what God asked you to do. That's that
0: parable of the sower. Our job is to sow the seed.
1: Mm -hmm. Then after that, it's
0: between the hearts and God what happens. And so we just got to get that seed out there as kindly and as, as accurately as we can and see what takes place with those things. Well, let me ask this other question here as we think about, again, continuing down this road of preaching here. Uh, you, as I said, have been preaching a couple decades now and you're, you're no longer in the rank of young preachers that's just life <laughs> you know i'm i'm way past that you know but but uh where you are today if you could start all the way over what what do you wish man i wish when i was first starting preaching i had done this or i'd heard about this or this would have helped me to where you are today
1: mm Boy, I tell you, there I would have. You know, I just heard of a book recently by Don Truex. He told me about boundaries, and and I tell you that would have been a book that I would have taken to my twenty two, twenty three year old self, and and studied that book, boundaries. Just just learning uh, some concepts about those relationships would have been very important for me. Uh, you know, again, learning how learning to not um, not get so wrapped up in what people say. That was very hard for me at first, Roger, not to get so wrapped up in what people say and what they think, how they react, um, but also put some limitations around, you know, where I was able to maybe spend some more time with my family and kids instead of just trying to – go out there and, and, and sometimes do too much. You know, right. I know we're going to work. We're going to sacrifice. We're going to do for the kingdom. But I think to go back and say, you know, Aaron, it's okay to say no sometimes. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard lesson. And,
0: and when you think about these boundaries, you know, sometimes we want to fix everybody and some people don't want to be fixed. And, and there are some people who, you know, they're, they're very content where they are, even though it's not right with the Lord. And, and that just becomes a big bother and a worrisome problem for the preacher, because you think, man, had I preached this differently, had I done this, maybe this guy would be in a better place with the Lord. But at the end of the day, everybody has to make their own choices. Yeah, And, right. and you have to look at that. I mean, there were people who walked away from Jesus. There were people who heard Jesus and they would not respond. That's and so, right. so you know, sometimes we put more guilt on ourselves than we should, mm-hmm. but again, that helps us as we think about our work and our relationship. We're living in a season right now where it, there just seems to be fewer and fewer preachers. Uh, fewer guys are getting into preaching, more and more guys are getting out of preaching, and what would you say about all that, Aaron?
1: Well, I can tell you, uh, some of the things that I would I would do is I would be I would be directly encouraging the leadership of churches because I think that that's sometimes the reason uh why some of that's happening and so I would be spending a lot of time and I do that you know obviously I know you do too but just to be encouraging the leaders and the congregation train and teach them about about how to help and encourage the preacher because if we create that culture and an environment uh, I think naturally we're going to have more who would be willing to do that but it's been uh, just more and more difficult in certain congregations just in the way that uh, preachers have been treated and, and, and so that would be one thing I would do. but um, I tell you what, I'd probably take first and second Timothy and sit down with a young man <laughs> and yeah. just say, hey, let's let's do have some encouragement here because I think what you need is some encouragement just like Timothy needed.
0: Absolutely and and to know the, the valuable things you're doing, the good that's coming out of this. Uh, Whenever you're preaching the word, good things are going to happen. When you when you intersect the word of God with a good and honest heart, great things are going to happen. And so, uh, you know, uh, the leadership has a lot to do with that. The atmosphere, the culture of a church, how Mm -hmm. what they think about preaching. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's some churches that just really honor good preaching. Others just kind of, it's a dogfight, and it shouldn't be that way. And so all that has a lot to do with these things. But uh, to those of us who can encourage, we need to be the encourager. We need to support them, help them the best we can. And uh, we're so thankful you've been with us this week and all the good yeah. you've done for us. And you're an example. You're example for younger men to think about preaching. And that's, that's just an honor as we think about those things.
1: Oh, thank you, Roger.
0: So, uh, this being Wednesday, um, th- coming Sunday, I'll be preaching uh, the AM sermon. And we're going to be talking about a lesson from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 14, these three. There are three names that are mentioned there that are brought up on purpose. And we're going to be talking about them. Our uh, next quarter of class is going to begin this coming Sunday. And on Sunday morning, I'm going to be talking about how it ends. Uh, Our theme this year is Finish What Was Started, and so what does the finish line look like? And we'll be talking about some of those things beginning this coming Sunday. We're so glad each of you could be with us. We're thankful, Aaron, for what you've done and how you could be with us this day and all the good you've done for us in our VBS. Uh, We want to remind our listeners that all of... Uh, Aaron's lessons are there on our uh, website, and they're easy to get to, and they're great to go back to as we think about the life of Paul, someone who kept the faith. There's a lot of people quitting a lot of things today, but when we see how important our faith is, that's one thing we need to hang into. We're looking forward to Sunday. It's the best day of the week. We love Sundays. We would love for you to come and be with us. Thank you so much for listening.